Welcome to Textonation. Joining us is Pam Rogerman, Dean of the College of Education, University of Phoenix. Thank you for joining us, Pam. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it seems like the University of Phoenix was way ahead of its time, uh, an online university. And uh, today, it seems like every university and almost every other school is also online. Uh, some are struggling with this, well, and you have all this experience. Right. Well, it, it sure came in handy for us um, when, when you know, K-12 school districts were scrambling and they had um, a week for, uh, for them to pivot and to become online or virtual or via distance or remote learning. When they had to switch to that modality, it was literally one of the largest disruptors that's ever happened to the K-12 education system. And it was a huge shock for, for everybody involved, parents, students, teachers, building and district leaders. It was just something that, that really people had to adapt in a hurry to. And uh, what's your assessment of how we've been able to cope with it? Because as you mentioned, this is K through 12, along with many universities as well. Right. Well, um, you would think that uh, in 2020 that we would be, you know, just be able to pivot um, in on a dime. But really, that wasn't the case, especially for for K-12 school districts. I mean, we are so accustomed to having all of our students come into our classrooms every day and we establish those relationships with our students. And um, really, very few school districts across the state we're able to make this pivot seamlessly because that's just not the way that we do education. We go to school and, um, and you know, we like for our kids to go to school and our kids like to go to school. And so it was a huge pivot. And so teachers really had to learn a whole new approach to teaching, which presented a lot of challenges because the things that we were used to doing in our classrooms with our students sitting, you know, in some cases less than six feet away from us, we now had to do over uh, technology. So some of those things that really make teaching worthwhile, like connecting with your students and and helping helping them learn, really became something that was that was challenging. You know, how do you connect with your students? How do you create a relationship with your students when you are uh, when you know you're far away from them? So teachers really had to learn a whole new way to teach. Um, one of the biggest challenges was for the younger kids, the grades K through three. Technology is great for them if they're playing video games on their iPads or you know in their game systems. But if they're maneuvering a keyboard and trying to access a Zoom meeting, that is asking a lot of a six or seven-year-old student. So parents really had to partner with their students in a way for their education that they never have before. It was it was really a great learning experience for everybody involved. And I guess the, I guess that there have been mixed successes uh, and and failures out there. So what's next? I mean, we, we really don't know how many schools will really be able to be open in the fall. Uh, a lot of question marks. So what should be going on in terms of planning? Well, I think what should be going on is going on. What school districts are realizing now is that where they had seven days to try to pivot before this March, now they have 90 days. And so school districts are doing kind of those basic things that, that really will help them be a virtual learning source for their students. One of the things that they're doing is they're establishing ongoing um, and, and solid communication with their parent groups. So whereas before you might have just gotten an email blast, now what school districts are doing is they're creating surveys so they can get their parents' input in real time. They're having virtual town halls. They're starting, they're forming different groups to get parent input because 
uh, you know, parents, as I said before, are just becoming such strong partners. Also, as you mentioned, we don't know what's going to happen this fall. So school districts are preparing for all levels of teaching this fall. Um, some parents are going to be super comfortable, and, and I think everybody wants to go back to school. So some parents will be happy to send their kids back to school. Others might might still be, you know, worried about the virus and wanting to keep their kids at home and keeping that virtual learning going. And still others, you know, maybe depending on their own needs, their parents' work needs or whatever, may need to send their kids only for part of the time. They might need to have a blended modality. So one of the things that we've done at the University of Phoenix, because, you know, uh, online learning is is our thing. We've been doing it for years. We were one of the first to do it is we partnered with some of the greatest minds in virtual learning space in the K-12 world um, and partnered with a company called Blackboard to create what we're calling um, an alliance for virtual learning. And we brought together these thought leaders to create um, a free resource for school district leaders and school teachers to learn how to do the basic principles of good teaching um, in the remote or distance distance environment. We're calling it the Virtual Teaching Academy. It's completely free and it's happening at the end of June. And if any parents, teachers, school leaders would like to join this Virtual Teaching Academy, which is gonna be a series of workshops and webinars um, to, to dive a little bit deeper into, again, those sound principles of teaching, they can visit either blackboard.com backslash Virtual Teaching Academy or phoenix.edu virtual teaching academy to sign up for this free series of webinars. So the kinds of things that we're going to be talking about in the virtual teaching academy um, for we're going to have a track for building leaders and a track for classroom teachers will be things like how do you give meaningful feedback to your students via distance? How do you create those connections? How do you solidify the the parent partnerships? The kinds of things that you need to do. How do you address the special needs of your students via distance. All of those those sound principles and the, the things that teachers do very solidly in a brick and mortar building, how do you do that via distance? And teachers really will kind of develop a, a whole new aspect to their teaching and they'll become um, what we like to think solid in both modalities. And this is for both teachers and, and parents to take part in? Sure, yes, absolutely. So it is, again, we have a track for building leaders and a track for teachers. But if you're a parent at home going, I really, you know, I, I figured out that I'm having a hard time dealing with this distance learning modality. And, you know, I'm used to helping with my child with their homework when I've got the math book sitting out here in front of me or I've got their Chromebook right next to me. But if, if parents um, are becoming a bigger partner and teachers are leaning on parents to really become an extension of the classroom and really one of the greatest teaching tools um, in the teacher's toolbox, and then if parents want to kind of join and, and, and join in and learn all of these distance and remote learning kind of techniques, it, sure, absolutely, parents are welcome to attend as well. What are your thoughts about uh, whether or not there's going to be a long-term impact here, a real change in the way we educate? I think it's absolutely going to change the way that K-12 education operates from now on. You know, we've always had disruptors in education, not to the level that the global pandemic just was, but we always have had snow days. You know, you have schools that are out for hurricanes. You have kids that, you know, are out for a couple of weeks because they get sick. And while they're not healthy enough to, you know, stay a full day at school and they don't want to spread their germs in school, they still could be learning at home. So hopefully what this shift in the K-12 education will do is really provide a way to keep kids seamlessly learning throughout the year. 
um, who knows? Maybe this could prevent the summer slide in academic learning that, that teachers see every year. Um, I would like to positively think that maybe years from now we could say this is something that the global pandemic did for K-12 education rather than what it did to K-12 education. Of course, right. it will take a Herculean effort to get there, but it really could. Finally, um, how do we address the issues of inequality here where you do have a divide? Many, many households don't have this equipment, don't have the Internet access. That is something that really this global pandemic really highlighted was just the inequities that exist. So I, I got to tell you, as a practicing classroom teacher for 18 years myself, teachers inside the schools know up close and personal what inequities really um, exist and, and have existed for years. But I think what the global pandemic did is it really highlighted those inequities to a larger audience. And so what school districts have, have figured out is how many homes in their uh, in their district don't have Wi-Fi. And, uh, you know, uh, school districts have done some amazing things. We've read stories about how uh, school districts have been handing out uh, hotspots so that they could bring Wi-Fi into the home, how school districts have passed out refurbished uh, laptops and, and just helped, helped uh, learning happen at home. One of the things that we realized is for a lot of homes, the only screens that exist are phones. And, you know, it, it's difficult to do a complete virtual learning with just a screen the size of a telephone at home. So that's why school districts have really, uh, you know, again, as I say, done a Herculean effort to try to address all the varying levels of um, affluence that exist in their school district. And this is something that I think school districts will now take into their long-term planning is how do we plan for remote learning to happen in um, all of our all of our homes, because, you know, as we know, the American education system is one that tries to provide a free uh, public education to all students, regardless of their needs or whatever kind of background that they bring to their school building. And so um, with the pandemic, what we recognize is in order to continue to provide that education to our students, we are going to need to address the inequities that exist across the country. A whole new uh, line item or line items in uh, in school budgets it would seem school district budgets yeah oh you you said it right there and uh, you know um school funding is another issue that i think is is really going to be a hot topic of discussion um and, and again going back to to the virtual learning that's that's one of the reasons why um what we wanted to do at the university of phoenix and partnering with blackboard and bringing all all of the the thought leaders together is really to provide a free resource and a support to community and to really try to address the problem and be part of the solution and uh, you know especially help school districts get ready for upcoming fall and spring because we don't know what that will bring um we all want to hope for the best but i do think that virtual learning is something that could really um, you know, cross the great divide and, and keep learning seamless for all of our students. Terrific. What was that site again that people should know? Sure. There's two. One of them um, is blackboard.com backslash virtual teaching academy. And the other one, you can visit phoenix.edu and search virtual teaching academy to sign up for the free academy that's happening towards the end of June. Dr. Pam Rogerman, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thank you. Now this. How many companies out there have continued to innovate when it comes to building a better radio? I'm Fred Fishkin, host of Textination, and I'm here to tell you about the new CC SkyWave SSB radio from the wonderful people at Seacrane. 
Bob and his crew really love radio, and it shows in this new compact model that is packed with features. Beyond great AM and FM reception and sound, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. Listen to ham radio operators, aviation, and more. It's the radio you'll turn to every day and in emergencies. It will run for nearly three days on just two AA batteries. Pair the sleep timer with the new Soft Speaker 3, and you've got the perfect radio for your nightstand. Of course, it can wake you up too. Click on Seacrane at Textination.com and put in the code Textination for a free flashlight with your order. They love radio, and you'll love Seacrane.